0: Hey guys, TJ Loeffler here. I just want to say thank you for joining and I want to let you know that you're in the right place if you want to get back to basics so you can get more out of life by doing less than you think. We're going to cover a lot of different things in this episode, but I want you to know that the most important thing you can do is to remove the ideas that you have about the things you're about to listen to, okay? I want you to approach this episode like a child. What can you learn from this experience? I've gone through a deep awakening. I've hired professional help. You're going to hear from multiple people throughout the course of season two all through my voice and the that I've taken and the process that I've gone through, okay? I want you to be able to take this and make it practical and actually apply change to your life. So all that requires is for you to just have an open hand as you listen, all right? I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Also, I forgot to mention that I accidentally wrote a book and I mean that genuinely. We were trying to create a guide for what you're listening to and I wrote too much. So we created a book and it's awesome. It's going to be online at corepillars.com, C-O-R-E-P-I-L-L-A-R-S.com or tjloffler.com highly recommend as a gift or just checking it out if it's something that you want to come back to because you like what you listen to thank you guys again for being here i appreciate you we are doing a special part two episode to the topic today anxiety i'm very 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 excited very pleased and very happy to announce um, libby bish on the podcast today Yeah, Libby, I appreciate you making time for this to happen. Welcome. Thanks for being here, Libby Bish, everybody.
1: Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be on TJ's podcast. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, I'm grateful that you decided to join and that you're making time to join. Just some context. Libby and I have known each other since college. We went to school together at Virginia Tech, um, knew each other through mutual friends. She's now in Northern Virginia, and she's a top selling real estate agent among a number of other things. But she and I started working together back in June, I want to say it was June 2018. Is that right?
1: Your guess is better than mine. June
0: 2018. Last year was 2019. So it was a year earlier than that. Yeah. So June 2018, it seems it's amazing how fast time goes because we're already in March 2020. You had looked at the email I sent when I sent out the first version of the anxiety episode, and your response was something to the effect of Hey, I would love to share more and tell people my story if it's helpful to them. For sure. Yeah, maybe that's a good starting point. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that's true. Do you want me to tell you a little bit about my story? <laughs>
0: yeah. Right, let's talk about a little bit more about who you are. And just, you know, I gave the, the quick intro, but why you're here in the context of that story and your response to me sending out that email about the anxiety episode and whatever reason, whatever it was in your heart that you said, you know what, I really feel prompted. Like I'd love to share more about my story and my story specifically as it relates to anxiety and, and kind of the journey that I've been on. Do you want to share more about that?
1: For sure. Yeah, I think anxiety is something that I've had to deal with, you know, in high school and college. So a little background about me. Grew up in Northern Virginia, was pretty independent, played sports in high school. I was also an SGA um, at Langley High School. If anyone's listening from Northern Virginia, you know where that is. Um, so, yeah, everything was dandy. I, you know, everything was fine until one day my senior year. Um, started struggling with panic attacks, and to be honest, didn't really know what was going on, what it was. Chalked it up to actually like dehydration, like a lot of different stuff. That because I was like, I would never have anxiety. Like why I've always been misindependent, had no problem public speaking. You know all the things that you would look on from the outside and say, Wow, like she's pretty calm. There's nothing going on there. And that's been so fast forward a little bit to um, college. I that summer kind of got diagnosed with panic attacks, and again came out of left field, never had anxiety of what I thought was anxiety my whole life. Went to college, struggled with that for a good year, maybe into, and then February of my sophomore year, God healed me of that. And so for me, I felt like when I was going through that one, it's like a lot of stuff that TJ teaches, going through something and and getting healing from it, you want to share that journey with people because inevitably, there's a lot of other people around you suffering from what you've already been through. And if I can give any advice or help or just walk alongside people through that, I had people doing that in my life, then I want to absolutely do that. And the thing about anxiety is a lot of people have shame associated with it and mental illness in general. There's a lot of shame associated with a lot of people talking about it. And for me, the second I raised my hand and said, look, I struggle with this, the amount of people in the room that also raised their hand was alarming to me. I and mean, these are people who are in my sorority where you know, I did day-to-day with and they didn't even feel comfortable telling me until I said that. So if anything, I think we need to be talking about it. And if I can offer any advice or help along the way of people who are currently struggling, because I think TJ, you mentioned anxiety has been one of the most predominant topics that you speak on and so or what people will reach out to you about and so again like my i'm here to not only anyone listening out there that needs a, someone to talk to about it that don't feel comfortable with anyone else i can offer that hand but also offer just some some things that helped me along the way um to healing
0: so yeah so good and i have so many questions that i'll pick different parts of of what you mentioned to dive into, but I think there's a couple things that stand out, at least initially. So first is, and, and I talked about this on the first episode, but anxiety was something I never really associated with, resonated with as a word. I always thought about it as stress, right? I'm stressed, I'm this, I'm that. Can you maybe just in your words, describe, does that resonate with you before you were diagnosed? And And for me, that was not a part of my story. I, I was never diagnosed with anything. So I, I speak from a an undiagnosed standpoint. I think it's important to hear your perspective though, as it relates to, you know, in the journey you've been on, you've actually been diagnosed. And so what what that word association was for you beforehand and then maybe even after and since and how you've kind of navigated that journey. So just, just the word anxiety. Did you ever resonate with that?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think with anxiety, I think a lot of us have, and a lot of people I talk to have a level of anxiety that they've just dealt with their whole life but couldn't pinpoint what it was, whether it's just constant state of fear. But with me, what really made it stand out for me is my body would go into fight or flight mode. And you couldn't tell from the outside, but like as if someone was standing in front of me with a gun, how you would react to that, that's how my body would react um, with leaving my house, with being in a closed room, with just all the things that used to just be... Obviously, I would just walk out my door and no problem with was all of a sudden, I couldn't do anything on my own. And so I think that's when it really was like, okay, this is a serious issue because I went from, yeah, maybe you get scared for a test here and there, Um, but this was the actual panic attacks and anxiety that I was was facing was real fear. Like my body would go into that fight or flight mode where you start sweating and you're you're literally like, (laughs) your heart's racing, your throat's choking up um, and you're really kind of like, why, what am I scared of? Um, because it, it doesn't seem like there is a real tangible threat, but your mind is making you feel that way. And I don't know if that really answers the question, because I think a lot of people, anxiety comes from different triggers. And, you know, I think going to therapy and, and really meeting with someone who's a professional in that field allowed me to identify my triggers and what different things would do that for me. But I think at the end of the day, overarching, it comes down to control and With anxiety, it's a clear parallel to trying to control things that are out of your control. So I feel like with my life, everything was all dandy. I was, you know, SGA vice president, like everything on the outside was great. I was trying to control my whole life to create an image for myself. But when you realize that life continues, you're not really in control of anything. I mean, you are of some things, but a lot of things are out of your control. And when you try to control a lot of your life and realize you don't have control, then anxiety creeps in. So I don't know if that really answered your question, DJ, but I think the real triggers for me were actually feeling fight or flight or just having an unbearable sense of fear about everyday things or things that just never seem to have fear associated with them.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So what I'm hearing is you started to take it more seriously when you noticed a change to things that used to be normal to you now being experienced differently walking out your door, or maybe a person, a comment that they would have said before and it didn't bother you. But now you were having a physiological or hormonal response in your body, adrenaline, cortisol, things firing, kicking in that you're like, wait a second, I'm actually feeling I'm feeling my state changed.
1: Yeah, and it was different because again, like before, I wasn't feeling that way towards or having those reactions at all. Like obviously, I'm not a robot, so I would get scared about different things. But this was more of everyday things that were very normal that I don't have a very tangible thing in front of me to say. This is why I'm scared. If someone was in front of me about to shoot me, that's the tangible. Wow, that's I'm scared because of that. But just walking from point A to point B to class during the classroom and getting anxiety and having these panic attacks it was really throwing me off because I was trying to figure out really what, why am I scared? Why am I having this reaction to just daily things? So,
0: yeah. That's really powerful. You mentioned the word shame. Can you talk a little bit about shame that people might experience in a tangible example? you mentioned people in a room raising their hands. Was that an actual example where you saw you were in a room with people and they were raising hands and, and you noticed the shame that people might've been living in because they hadn't maybe talked about it with anybody before? Or you know? could you just share more about that, that word shame and maybe even if that, that example was real?
1: Yeah, I think because one, I mean, I even had friends before I experienced anxiety that had anxiety or bipolar, different mental illnesses. And if I'm being completely honest, I was kind of like, that things, but like, get over it type thing. Like with mental stuff, it's like, okay, you're you're mentally tough. Like you got this, like different, you can go through life and, and get through things. And when you experience experiencing for yourself, it's not that easy. And I think there's, when you think I think anxiety too flourishes in isolation and so when you think you're dealing with something that on the outside you can't really tell when I had a panic attack so it was already in isolation but to also not think anyone else if no one else is talking about it around you you feel like you're the only person who's dealing with something like this and there's shame associated with letting you know someone if you're you know holding an image on the outside everything's fine to everyone else around you they would say I'd never expect that from you but there's shame to say look I have a problem or I'm scared when I walk from door to door Um, I'm actually not all put together and I think the second that I was able to talk about myself and say look I'm struggling with this and I'm dealing with it is anyone else dealing with it it was actually (laughs) instance I in college I actually led a Bible study in my sorority and um, I remember one day we were talking the topic came up and I was I think at that moment a lot of people in the room didn't know that I struggled with that and I wanted to be very frank with the whole group about that and it was in that instance where I think tears started happening too. Like girls had just started crying and then some would message me after and wouldn't feel comfortable raising their hands. But the reality is, is the second I did that, I realized so many people were dealing with it and no one wants to ever admit they have a problem. I mean, especially in a public setting or to anyone, especially to people around them that to them, seemingly everything's perfect. But I think our society is getting better at that. And the more and I'm just a very open person. So I feel confident saying like, I have a problem. But a lot of people that's hard. And for me, once I did that, that really started the healing process too, because I didn't feel like I was in isolation. So I think the main thing to Is if you are feeling this, like there's no shame in admitting that you, you know, are struggling with this because one, a lot of other people in the room are probably struggling with it. But two, you need people around you that love you that may not understand it to start understanding it. And I think once I started talking about it, you know, even my my family, like everyone close to me was kind of like, what? Like, what's going on? This is coming out of nowhere. I would never expect it. But once you start talking about it, of course they want to, you know, walk alongside you in it. And it's more like, how can we help you? not, wow, you have this big issue now and, and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I see you differently because in reality, we all have different things in our life that we have to work through. So I think, is that answer your question? I feel like I'm rambling on different things. But.
0: No, it's powerful. And I'm letting you share your story and, and how it comes naturally because I think people need to hear it authentically, right? People need to, and you know me, I will interject if I see something I want to dive into. But I think it's really important that people hear your story authentically. You've mentioned a couple things and we'll come back to this one around control but you mentioned healing. And so the idea that shame is present often keeps people from taking steps towards healing. Now, healing was a word I never resonated with either. But I would just say for anybody listening who's like, man, you know, I, I kind of get what, what TJ is saying and what Libby says makes sense. But like, that's not me. That's okay. All I'm saying is there might be a different word or a different use of language that will help this message land with you. And I would just open yourself up to what is that language or what are the words that you resonate with and start with that. Don't try and force something for yourself. So for me, for example, anxiety didn't resonate, but stress did. And having too much control over things I couldn't actually control or trying to control things I couldn't control, my image, reputation, or other people's perception of me, things I still honestly work through today, but I'm in a much better place. Those things are what resonated with me as it relates to healing. And Libby, I'll ask for your perspective, but just for anybody listening who doesn't resonate with that word in particular. And I think a lot of men, they just frankly, I think men don't resonate with that word as easily. And that's a general statement. I know that that's not everyone, but it's been my experience in talking with men who come from context that I'm familiar in talking with. And I think a different way of saying healing is just not being as healthy as you can be. And when I started to look at it from that lens, or I started to look at my life and my my mindset through that lens of, can my mindset be healthier? Well, the reality was I I had a lot of negative self-talk. And that's not healthy. I needed some healing because there's a reason that that negative self-talk. I allowed fear to exist in certain areas of my life that caused anxiousness, tension, irritability, a number of other things. And frankly, the more extreme degree of all those things leads to panic attacks. Right. I just wanted to kind of frame that before before asking you this question, Libby, which is really how did you first encounter? Now that we've identified what it looked like to understand that you were facing a problem, you can't. Fix a problem or address a problem that you don't know exists, right? So you identified it, but then when was the first time that you really encountered what you would describe as healing? And can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I think so there's a lot a lot of things unpacked there. But I think one is what I also want to make clear is you have to make it a priority that you need healing. Like I feel like in the beginning I was like, I'm fine, you know, I'll get over this in a month or two and we'll move on. But I really wasn't making it a priority. So really talking to a professional and and having I will never forget to walking into and of course therapy too was like, Well, I don't need therapy, I'm fine, I don't need that yet. But I got to a point where I couldn't leave my, my dorm room and so I walked in and the first thing she said to me was, I just want to let you know anxiety is very curable. This is a very curable problem. And I remember just like a relief like off my back was, you know, taken for me. So anyone listening, one, I want to say like this is very curable and I'm a walking example of that. But I think one, I just realized a little background on me, grew up in the church, Christian, and then I I led young life in high school, but really it was until college that I realized, you know, I really thought I had control of my life. Um, And so the real healing came when I completely let go of control of my life and realized there's a good guy that has control of my life and I can't. I don't have control um, of my entire life. So I think that's a very, very broad statement of kind of a year and a half of a journey. Of a lot of times, to be honest, like I had Bible verses glued in my car, all over my walls. And I've read all the books. Like I went to therapy. I think it was a mix of talking with a therapist, but the biggest root of it all was really giving up control of my life. The second I did that, really started the healing process. And again, I can get into more detail with people one-on-one because I feel like that's very broad, but it was just one day, like I, I basically was at home and I couldn't go to class and I was just like, you know what? I have no control of my life and like I give this now to you, God. And ever since that day, I really started the healing process and to now and I, I don't have panic attacks anymore. So that is a very, again, like that's a very broad thing. But I think for me, like there's a Bible verse that talks about, it's Second Timothy 1 seven, it's like for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so I feel like I really ran with that verse and God really helped me realize that, you know, we have all these thoughts, but I thought I was out of control. You know, when you have anxiety, one, you don't really understand what it is because you've never dealt with it before. At my level at least, that's how I felt. And so when this is all happening at once, you get very discouraged and scared because you feel like you're out of control. And I was like, where can my mind go? My mind feels like it's on its own. But I just kept coming back to that verse of my creator created me with a sound mind and he's going to heal my mind. And he did. And so, again, I think we live our lives and it's a daily thing to continue to give up control of things in my life. But I think anxiety, the root of it all, is just me trying to manipulate my life and put it in a box and walk out of my house and do everything the way you know I I want it to happen and things don't happen that way and God is such a good God and I think you know I mentioned this before in other podcasts but it was a lot easier for me when I started learning about God to give up my life to a good God and not just any God but a God that really loves me and created me and knows me deeply and so I think that is the short and long answer of the thing that healed me was really God um, and my relationship with
0: Him. Yeah, it's powerful. So we talk about, and I want to break some things down, I think that you've mentioned that I'll just kind of maybe slice into smaller pieces because you've said it a couple of times, broad statement, a couple things in here and feel free to, to interject or, or correct me if I'm saying something that isn't exactly what you were describing, but I do want to just elaborate for people who are on various points of their journey, which we all are, we're all on a journey, but at various points of their journey, Journey and a relationship with God. And so I follow Jesus and that's the context of where I'm coming from here. And that's been a whole life journey, born and raised, born and adopted through Catholic Charities, raised in Catholic Church, and then coming to have a real relationship with Jesus that transformed me from the inside out, my mind especially, and, and created almost just new neurological pathways. There's a lot actually involved in this and scientific research that's coming out now on the study of epigenetics and how our mind is actually separate from our brain and how actually being transformed in your mind in the way that you think can change neurological pathways and unlock new genetic code, which changes your physiology, your biology, all kinds of things in your body. So when Libby is talking about having this encounter with God, and Libby, I I might even just ask you to share a couple more details if you're willing, but there's a big difference between understanding text or biblical text and having an encounter. And so what I mean by this is um, just having rules without a relationship is religion. And so when we have an encounter with God, that's where we live out of a place of a transformed heart, which transforms our mind and our life. And so when Libby's describing this experience of being healed, what I'm hearing is that I grew up understanding maybe what was written, but not actually allowing that to sink in in my heart. And when I gave control to God, and Libby, correct me if I'm wrong here, but when I gave control to God, I recognized that I have responsibility in life, that I have some level of control and free will, but I also recognize there were things that were outside of my control and I needed to surrender those things to Him, even things that I might have had control of in the past. Is that accurate? It is
1: very accurate. I think I was holding on to some things and not others. And the moment where I gave up full control is where true healing happened.
0: Practically, what does an encounter look like for you? Just just I know this is a little off topic, but relevant to the healing process and how I've seen healing in my own life and how I've seen healing with a lot of other people, but uh, what is what is an encounter or what did that encounter look like for you practically?
1: I mean, the peace of God is something. I mean, I know you talk about this too, but it's something you can't really describe in words. And I think, you know, basically that day, I just got on my knees and was like, "Alright, God, I surrender everything." Like I know I've been holding on to some things and it's not others, and today is a day like from here on out. And in that instance, it was just like complete peace and peace that I've never felt before. And then throughout the next couple of weeks, God just like completely blessed my life to kind of just affirm me in that decision, but also to show me his love for me and how much he wanted healing for my life. So I think like everyone's different with their encounters with God. I think it's very personal, but I think for me and every encounter I have is peace and that's surrounding those encounters. And that day specifically, I still remember the, the, like where I was in my room and everything. And then the next couple of days, like I had major tests and I was like, so infatuated with the Lord and was, just in the Bible. I'm not kidding from 6am till like 7pm. I wouldn't do anything other than that, because I was just so hungry. It was just, it's one of those things that it was, it was just amazing. Like you can't describe it. And it's hard I know everyone listening is probably like, great, and it's (laughs) helpful. But it really is like the peace of God just like really transformed my posture and my body. And I walked out of my my room with confidence. And ever since that day, the reason why I led Bible studies, the reason why today I'm so adamant about sharing this is I want people to feel that peace and to be able to experience that peace here on earth, because it really is nothing like it. And I'm just so grateful that you know, God pursued me in a way that allowed me to, you know, surrender. And, you know, ever since that day,
0: I've been transformed. Um,
1: That is what I would say (laughs) to the encounter. Um, if that makes sense to you, TJ? I hope it does.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense to me. And I know everybody has their own, you said it so well, when you said everybody has their own types of encounters. Who's it? For you or for I to say there's one, right? But there's, it's powerful to be able to understand what it looks like, what it feels like. And there's a really strong point of discernment here. And I know, again, I know this is slightly off topic, but I do believe it's important to mention there's a there's a strong discernment here as it relates to an encounter with God versus not. And one of the things that I've noticed even in just investigating, and I say investigating, actually experiencing, that's a, that's a weird word to say, but experiencing different practices and modalities and encounters with energy and source of power, whatever it might be. One of the real key points of discernment is that not only do you feel the peace of God, but you also feel lighter and you feel more full of energy rather than drained completely. He's not a God who takes from you. He's a God who gives to you. And sure, he may, he may remove things from your life if they're unhealthy. So that's not to be confused in theology. But it is important to recognize just sort of the the ways to discern uh, an encounter with God. And sometimes you might have tears. Sometimes you might have an uncontrollable hunger to learn more about him. Sometimes you might go through what's called confession or what's called repentance and changing the way you think. And really what it sounded like in your encounter is you actually confess to God, I don't have control over the things that I'm trying to control. And you had to repent or change the way you think about approaching your life from that point on. And it sounded like that he was able to help you in moving forward in ways that you might not have been able to help yourself in that moment, which we all have those moments, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's powerful. And when when it comes to this idea around, you know, getting help from external people, I do think it's important to mention some practicals here around it. We've talked about even you've mentioned you were on, and I don't know if you're still on, I know there was a time you're off medication, you're on medication. I think it's important to talk about that because as much as, for example, if God's healing you in that moment and you do find your next step was, I guess it sounded like at some point, you know, talking with the right people and then getting support, even hiring support, whether it be therapy, counseling, I know medication. Can you just talk a little bit about sort of the practicals, the next steps once you acknowledge, hey, this is something that I actually want to address or bring into focus. Now I've had this kind of experience with God where I really feel like my heart, I've given him my heart, my mind. And and now what? Like what's the what is the part that was within your control that you took control of?
1: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. One, definitely therapy. You know, even today I I talked to friends who've never been and they're thinking about it and they're scared or like, I just don't know what to expect. And why I said make it a priority is because I feel like if I made it a priority a little bit earlier, I would have found healing quicker than I did. You know, even when I was feeling better, I continue to go to therapy just for a little bit longer because they not only deal with this professionally, but they also have different areas where you can learn learn to cope with anxiety. I think there's this big question, I mean, personally, if I'm being fully transparent, I struggled with medicine because I wanted obviously God is healing me. And so I talked to a bunch of pastors, I talked to friends, I talked to everyone around everywhere. And I don't think again, and I'm not a professional, and there's not one right way. I think, you know, first of all, get professional help and have people walking alongside of you to give you guidance. But I got to a point where um, my relationship with medicine was look, you know, after talking with doctors and pastors, I needed to be on a certain amount of medicine to bring my brain to a, a level that was able to start healing because I was at a level where I was so anxious all the time that even though I knew God was going to be the ultimate healer of my brain, I do think God created doctors and medicine for a reason to help guide that process. And so I knew medicine wasn't going to be the ultimate end all, or at least I didn't want it to be, where I would take a pill, feel better, move on with my life. And I wanted true healing. And you know, God really did bless that. You know, I think now I was texting TJ, like I'm still prescribed, but I've forgotten to take it for a couple months now. And I think that just shows you that God is a true healer. But with that being said, seek out professional help as well as another avenue alongside that, because as God has healed my brain, I think God has also um, used doctors to bless my life life and really provide guidance in that area. So first step is one, bring people alongside not just the therapist, but other people in your life, whether it's just one other person that you're close with, at least just tell them like, look, this is what I'm struggling with. Even if you can't even pinpoint if it's anxiety or not, but we're made to be in relationship with each other and in community. And I think that was the biggest healer for me too, alongside a therapist who does this for a living, the pastors and, and God, but also friends who, not only had experienced it, were experiencing it too, or also people that have never, ever experienced it and have no idea about it, just talking about it really opened their eyes. And like I said, the therapist said it's very curable. And once you start talking to people, when we have anxiety and keep it isolated from others, that's when you get in your head and that's when it gets worse. And so the more I talked about it, the more... I also would just address my fear. It was kind of funny because I'd be like, you know, the therapist would be like, what are you scared of? I'm like, I don't really know. And then, you know, that fear would be gone. And so you can really, like TJ said, your brain can really be healed from all of this, but it has to start with you making it a priority to know that. You deserve, you know peace, and God wants you to have peace in your life, and He is great. And so definitely get people to walk alongside you. and if you have absolutely no one that you feel comfortable with, please reach out to me. <laughs> I am so passionate about this because I had people that were there for me, and I know for some it's not as easy to talk about with other people. So yeah, I would definitely say have people and again, you know if medicine's the right path for you, it doesn't mean you're a bad person or that's frowned upon, whatever it may be, I think there's lots of different avenues for help. And I think healing is very is in your is very doable. And especially I'm like a walking example of that.
0: It's powerful. Yeah. And thanks for even just giving the practical side of like, Hey, friends are not necessarily the the main person who's you know they're not they're not made and they have a role even though they might not be the person who has that expertise. They have a role like friendship and community is so important, so important. And and I think even just to the point of using that as a bridge to talk about the core pillar system and we talk about diet and sleep, exercise or movement, active rest, reflection, connection, and even fun. Just like when you think about and, and obviously we've talked about core pillars and how do you see those fitting into the healing process, if at all? In other words, how do you see those things that I just mentioned, those core pillars that we focus on and and really want you to have as a foundation for a sustainable life, a life of order and peace and all the things that we want? How do you see those really affecting you as you've brought more attention to some of those things?
1: I mean, it's, it's huge. I think I'm so grateful for you tj and you know i'm such a big fan of everything you say because i truly believe in it and so i mean again i hired you in 2018 that's after all this happened and where i'm not struggling with panic attacks you also have a level in life of you know stress and anxiety and you just want balance you know after that day it's not like a light went off and everything's great now it's still a journey but i think when i'm at my best everything is aligned you know diet when I'm eating correctly I anxiety is nowhere to be found. When I'm exercising, same thing. When I'm spiritually, no really with God, then anxiety is nowhere to be found. So I think your pillars are in play for a balance and, and more peaceful life. And I truly believe in, in all those things are interconnected. Because even when I'm like spiritually great, maybe and I exercise, but I don't have diet, you know, there's still times when anxiety can creep in. And um, I just don't feel as, you know, balanced across the board. So I think those are huge in the healing process, and also will help tremendously if you're focused on all of that. But I think too it's important for me the reason why i was i'm out a good place with when i hired tj is i had you know deep healing from that those panic attacks but i think it's also good to know you know if you're working through anxiety maybe you know work on that first and then next you can work on your diet because i was tending to be like okay i'm going to everything's going to change now and that gets overwhelming. I think anxiety, if you have anxiety, work on that. Knowing that these pillars will help you along the way, but don't try to get every one of them perfect as well as working on it because you could get overwhelmed too. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Well, and one thing, even just maybe even your relationship, but let's just talk about one thing that I think I used to do and I see a lot of people doing as well is, for example, when they're struggling with anxiousness, angst, irritability, etc. And they approach, for example, their exercise, and they think that going harder in their exercise is actually going to help their anxiety. Have you noticed a shift in your relationship? And I'm just talking specifically with exercise or movement over time. Have you noticed a, a specific shift or change that's really helped you as you think about supporting your body as you're trying to um, live with less anxiety? Have you noticed any kind of changes or mental shifts that have really helped you?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think actually in my recently I've I've realized that I think growing up playing sports I was always running you know and my workout was running at least three miles and you know boxing and doing all this stuff and as you get older it's a lot harder to do um, than you used to and I think movement is important but I have a new relationship with it and I think you know I was beating myself up a lot because I wasn't if I'd run two miles instead of three miles I'd be like well it wasn't a good workout or I had these expectations on what I need to be doing to be, you know, healthy in terms of the physical side of things. And TJ, you told me you're like, do something you enjoy. And that really changed my perspective because I was like, I hate running outside. I really don't love it. And so now I do core power yoga and I love it and I love going. But I've also, my relationship with exercise hasn't isn't just like, oh, I have to go now and do this. It's like, I enjoy doing it because not only does it make you feel better, but it's not as stressful as like going on a run, which I am just, some people are made to grow run 10 miles easy. I'm just not. I always had a ball in front of me. So I hate it. And so I think that's huge to bring up during this healing process and different stuff that's happened recently. I've realized, you know, it's okay to change your movement and your physical, whatever it may be. And I know you hired a trainer, I hired a trainer. And a lot of it is nutrition is what I learned too, is what I thought I had to do 90% working out. And it's only a little bit nutrition. It was more like 80% nutrition, 20% working out. So also just getting professionals and know your body and listen to your body and your body will change. And mine definitely has I'm 30 now. And it's just It's different, but it's just as good. And it can be just as good. It's just different movements. So I think what was causing my anxiety too is not being able to do what I used to be able to do. But at the same time, my body still is I'm probably a lot more healthier than I was even back then when I was just running three miles to run three miles because I'm at more peace and and balance throughout my whole body.
0: But how do you see coaching different from, for example, therapy and even how does that fit into this whole, that's a really powerful distinction is that you're not able to do maybe some of the things you used to do, but yet you're healthier. And I think there's sometimes an agreement in our mind and our mindset that we need to do X, Y, and Z to be healthy. And my whole thing is you don't need to be the picture of health to live a life of order, to have balance, to have peace. But there are some things that you might need to change in your mindset, your relationship with, some of the necessary priorities that we really need to establish in our life or reestablish in our life. And I think you just hit on it by saying that. One quick point, I'm kind of curious, this is off the script question, but one quick point, and I'm curious to ask because, you know, we talked a little bit about in some of our working relationship, how, hey, there's like the core pillars are a part of it. How do you see personally? How do you see, because I'm not your personal trainer, right? I'm not your your dietitian and I'm not your counselor, process of spilling over to maybe your professional life, uh, your personal life and other areas that you've been trying to grow in that you're already doing well in, but trying to grow in.
1: Yeah, I think you, for me, what your biggest gift for me has been is you're very good at coaching. And then you also take a step back when you know when it's not your field. And so I think your biggest gift to me was vetting the right people for different areas of my life, whether it be a dietitian or saying, not saying like, I'll be your personal trainer, but hey, have you looked into getting a personal trainer? And I think, you know, having someone overarching, also walking through life and experiencing the same things and vetting these people, I think, With coaching, you have done such a good job of asking the right questions and pointing me to areas and those different pillars that may be blind spot to me and getting the right people to help me. And I think, you know, people joke, they're like, you have a coach for everything. And I'm like, yeah, I've also been, I'm the happiest and healthiest I've ever been in my entire life because I think you point out different things like, I need a trainer, I need, and some people don't, you know, some people go to the gym. I know I need accountability or I won't do something. So where the coach will say, hey, Libby, you know, you you had me come to that term, right? You need accountability. So then now what can we do to implement that? Here are some resources to do that. And so I think where you've been so great at that is pointing me in the right direction and then allowing for you to step back and say, look, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a nutritionist, but I do have people that are available or I think you should look into doing XY and Z as your next step. Um I think that's what you're getting at, right? <laughs> or what I to talk about. So
0: I was just curious. I was just curious what your response would be. Yeah. And the difference between coaching and therapy and because, because people don't know the difference necessarily as it relates to the, the core pillar system and establishing that foundation, that's 100%, you know, what we're trying to do is just get you in the right direction. And as you mentioned earlier in the call, helping people walk through some of the changes I've been through. That's why you're on this You know, episode is because you wanted to help people in your own way walk through some of the changes and challenges you, you've been through. And so that's really what we're trying to do. And whatever the challenges that you're bringing to the table, whether it's business or whether it's personal life and trying to figure out how to balance or manage things and how to navigate in the best way possible for you to have you know, the success that you're looking for.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important, sorry to cut you off, just to give you a, one more plug. I think it's really important to have someone in your life that like you're so great because you have different aspects of my life all under one and it's not like a level like you're not a therapist you're not that but in your life a lot of things are siloed so you know I could go to a therapist and and not tell you or I could do a dietitian and not tell you but then when I talk to you a lot of the stuff that we talk about from a business perspective or you know health perspective whatever it is everything's intertwined and when you have different people that aren't talking to each other it's hard to really have healing. Without all those intertwine, and you're kind of the overarching person to say, like, okay, this is my dietitian said, this is my nutritionist said, and then, you know, how are you doing? Great. You don't dive into it as much as because that's not your area, but it's also like, how's your business? And if your business isn't good, maybe one of the other things are off, and you can point those out. So I think where coaching is super important is you kind of oversee not only do you coach and ask the right questions you know across the board you also are kind of the the link that connects a lot of different people that are helping you in your life to kind of see the bigger picture and to make sure that you're being your best self in every area and seeing where things can improve and and where things are really accelerating so I just wanted to mention that because I think that's why I hire you and why I think you're great with a lot of other reasons, but to help other people get a perspective of coaching.
0: I mean, it's helpful for me to hear, which is why I asked, you know, I was just, I was curious myself. And so thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I do have a quick question, just just to, we're going to kind of wrap up here, but a quick question around one myth, one myth that um, is believed about anxiety. If you could name one myth, what might it be?
1: I think a lot of people think that, you know, this is something they're going to deal with for their whole life and there's not healing available for them or, you know, this is just how I'm made up or this is just who I am, Um, you know, and I don't believe that God can heal me. Um, I think that too I think a lot of people don't really when I say that they kind of believe me but they're also you know hesitant Um, but I'm here to say that God has has healed me from a lot and continues to heal me and um, anxiety is a very curable thing that um, you know you can have peace on this earth and I think that's what we all are after and for I think a lot of people live in the reality of thinking that it's not actually curable or you know Maybe I'm not able to see healing, but Libby could see healing, but I'm not. Um, that's definitely not true. I, I think everyone can receive healing, and um, and again, that's why I'm here to talk about it. And here to walk alongside people going through it because I want to see that for everyone.
0: So good. If you could share maybe one thing that you're learning about yourself, you're focused on that other people could really benefit from, whether it's you know a new insight that you've had in the last three months, six months, maybe even the last week, what's something that people could walk away with related or unrelated to anxiety and just the whole topic today, but just something that people could walk away with based on what you've learned about yourself.
1: Well, one, I think like, I mean, even yesterday, I was thinking about this and just how anxiety affects my life. And every day we're faced with the opportunity to either be anxious, or like you how you respond and so there's been a lot of things i mean i work in real estate so obviously i want to win every deal and i want the best for my clients but we're dealing with people and a lot of things out of my control so even last night when i was submitting an offer i was getting anxious and i was like oh i hope they get it but then i was all of a sudden like you know what i can either spend the next hour worrying or i can choose to realize that none of this is in my control at this point i've done everything that i can do and so i feel like i've really brought that into practice in every area of my life recently that's allowed me to to have just a more peaceful life that know when things are in your control and when they're not in control and allow God to take those things that aren't has been really huge for me and just another thing that I mean I, I want everyone on this call maybe you're not struggling with anxiety but I think if you, before I went through it, I didn't understand it. And I honestly didn't have um, a lot of, you know, empathy or really grace for people going through it because I couldn't really relate to it. And I think if you're not struggling with anxiety, but you have you know, if you notice someone has it or reaches out that has it, like give them grace and love them through it, even if you don't get what they're going through or understand how they're feeling, because it can be confusing to even the person that's happening to. Um, I think that, you know, we just need to have more people aware of it, even if they don't struggle with it to walk alongside people and, and not be like, Oh, I can't really relate, can't help you, but just be present with them and, and walk through it with them and know that there is healing. So if you can keep your eyes and ears open for people, people that are struggling, I think we can all be in a better place if we just help each other out.
0: So well said. Another word I like to use for grace is space. And so if you're not familiar with the concept of grace in a practical sense, sometimes just giving people space is a really helpful thing for just allowing for change to happen and allowing for people to to maybe share something that they haven't shared with you before. Uh, Last thing, Libby, just one thing that you're reading or listening to that has been helpful or inspiring to you. (laughs)
1: TJ's <laughs> new podcast.
0: Come on. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that's good. And then also Craig Gra, I can't pronounce his last name as a pastor. Groshel? Grosh?
0: Groshel. It's like,
1: yeah, Groshel. We're actually doing a Bible study in my office. It's called divine leadership i think i just call it divine but it's really good about choices and i can send you the actual name of it tj to post in the podcast if you want to but it's just really good about choices and prioritizing your time and really just living your best life with the time that you have here and be the best of it so it's a lot of what you teach tj so a lot of it over, overlaps in terms of you know patterns and accountability and um, different areas of your life that you can just do better that set you up for success but yeah i mean mostly tj's podcast though (laughs) you know i can't stray away from those so i'm excited about the new season it's true it's true though thank you for the (laughs) plug
0: it is true Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Libby. And and also I I've heard Craig Rochelle, I think it's his last name. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I've heard him speak. I've read some of his content. Yeah, he's he's great and has some great things to say. Obviously, you know, whether it's me, whether it's Libby, whether it's anyone, take the message, not the messenger, and you know, eat the meat, spit out the bones, take what's right for you. But Libby, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for joining today. I will post that resource in the notes for the podcast. And her name is Libby. And if you're looking for real estate in Northern Virginia, contact her. But also, if you're looking for somebody to, to reach out to, even if you just want to say thank you, please don't hesitate. And I'm only saying this because Libby, you've already offered, but please like, don't hesitate to let her know that that was whatever she said, whatever the thing was that she said that was impactful to you was uh, was meaningful. And don't hesitate to reach out to her. What What's the best way? Instagram?
1: Yeah. Or honestly, you can give my cell phone because enough people call it already. <laughs> I'm an open book. Like, Please don't hesitate to reach out. You can give all my social media too, okay. TJ.
0: Okay. Great. Yeah. We'll make sure that we have your social media links up there.
1: Thank you so much, TJ.
0: And that's all for today. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time, energy, and attention. The best thing that you can do if you got value is share this episode with someone, family, friend, coworker, client, anybody that you think would also get value. If you want to stay in touch with me, go ahead to visit my website, tjloeffler.com, T-J-L-O-E-F-F-L-E-R.com. And there you can sign up to get messages from me, including show notes, subscription to the podcast, weekly letters that I write just honestly, authentically about what's going on in my life or private events that I'm. Hosting, etc. And the last thing that I'll say is if you really got value out of this season in particular, back to basics, my book is going to be available corepillars.com, C O R E, pillars, P I L L A R S.com, is going to be the place that you can be directed to get access to that book. If you're wanting to go deeper into the subject that we're talking about today, if you just want to have it on hand, it's really meant to be a timeless piece for people to revisit when they need to kind of get balanced. I want you to get more out of your life by doing less than you think. So I've hope that that's a succinct way for you to do that. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. That's all for now. Until next time.